After finding the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, Touchline Thoughts would like to take a few moments to acknowledge the land we are on. We pass on our deepest respect and love to the lost children and their families, as well as the Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples who through the history of Canada have undeservingly lost their lands and lost their voices in our country. As we record this podcast, guests and ourselves reside in three major cities in Ontario. We acknowledge each one of them now. We would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather and which the region of Peel operates is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land. In particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, the Ojibwe, Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently, the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. We are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land, and by doing so, give our respect to its first inhabitants. We acknowledge the land on which the City of Toronto resides as a traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by the Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. In Ottawa, we acknowledge that we are standing on unceded Algonquin, Anishinaabek, territory. They are the past and present caretakers of the waterways and the land that we call Ottawa. We are grateful to have the opportunity to be present in this territory. Now, over to your new Touchline Thoughts episode. Welcome back to Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are sponsored by J&J Creations. Are you looking to get a gift, a piece of clothing, and or other customized items? Check J&J on Instagram to place an order and speak with their design team. They ship across Canada and can also provide pickup options. Shipping costs are subject to the Canada Post. J&J Creations, where you can customize anything you need. So we have a ton of topics to cover today. Um, So we will catch you right after this. other in a while eh like how it's you been, been a what's, while. How's what's going? going good good how are you i'm doing great thank you very much how is training how is how is sports good good it's nice you know to be playing sports so mm. and the weather hasn't been too bad it's getting a little bit cold but we're yeah. still outside and everything so it's good that's awesome yeah sorry folks we've been away from each other for quite some time but we've been busy we- busy busy we assure you we're living life, but we are back with an episode of Touchline Thoughts. Um, so why don't we get right into our starting 11 today. A couple of big stories. Um, why don't we start with former coaches coming back to bigger clubs, I guess, um, with uh, Xavi returning to Barcelona. What do you make of that? I know you're not a huge supporter of coaches, of like former players becoming coaches on big clubs right away. What do you make of this? 
Um, I mean, I think he's got history with the club, so I I think that's kind of why they they chose him. And I mean, my opinion still stands. I don't think it's a great idea as a former player to step into a huge coaching role right away without, you know, kind of working your way through the ranks and getting some experience. But I mean, he won his first game with them. What yesterday? I think so. It's Espanol, yeah, big yeah. rival. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? Um, a little bit of a question mark, just because I don't know what he's going to bring to this Barcelona side. But from what I saw, they, they seemed to stretch the play a little bit more. They were more happy playing the ball in the final third. They were confident with the ball in the final third. Uh, the youngsters looked good. So I think this is a good start. It might just be a similar situation to Mikel Arteta over at Arsenal, where you know, he likes the possession. He likes the little flares. Um, but we just have to see defensively if they're going to be sharp enough. And um, apparently Frankie De Jong is not on his high list of players that he likes on the club. So um, That's we'll see. That is very interesting. So we'll see if that if that impacts it when, you know, Busquets retires or is, is De Jong available for other clubs to pick up. Um, wow. So we'll see what that story is. But good first start, good win, right? Yeah. We also have Gerard. Yeah, quite surprised he, he made his return to Aston Villa in the middle of the season. Um, I, I am as well. When I saw it, I was like, oh boy. Like, I am very happy for him, but I was like, why not finish the year in Scotland, kick Celtics butt one more year, yeah. add another trophy or two to your resume, and then wait for an off-season thing because I think at that point he would also have suitors. But again, like no one's gonna fire their club or fire their coach at the end of the year. They probably pull it in the middle of the season, as we've seen with for like sure. four coach- coaches, right? So a little surprised. I think I wanted him to build his legacy a little bit more at Rangers, especially with how well they've been playing. Well, I was gonna say they've been. He's been very successful there, so. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad thing to stay, have a little bit more success under your belt, and then make Agreed. it. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, wins his first match 2 0 against Brighton, and Brighton isn't a pushover, so that's good. But let's see if he can play against the bigger clubs. He's a smart coach. I just, if I was him and I'm a huge CBG fan, I would have taken the extra year. I agree. Yeah. Confirmed. Confirmed. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> two more quick stories Everton with. Uh, new coach the former Lyon coach Jean-Luc Vessier right Everton women's just to, Everton women. <laughs> to me we're just talking about men so Everton women's is better no, okay don't tell uh, Rafa Bedintis I said that but <laughs> uh no that's a good coach for them I don't know I don't know where he's gonna take them though because yeah, I don't know what the interesting to see what he does in the in mm. the in England you know it's a different league it's a different style so is he gonna get money to spend because yeah. that's the thing, right? Because Lyon women's side, we'll clarify that again, um, had the money and the resources to build their team. Are Everton going to give him finances to go out and sign somebody? True, but I think at the same time, like a good coach is going to be successful no matter what and or will have a little bit of success mm. even with the players. Like they're able to work with the team that they have and build on that even if they don't have a huge budget. I mean, Everton is a big side on the women's side too. So not as big as Lyon, obviously, but I think it's it'll be interesting. He also brought in a former player as his assistant coach, I believe, a French player. 
former French international player. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what he does and who he bring. Maybe he'll bring over some French players, which would be kind of interesting too. So at the maybe it'd be nice point. to expose the English league to yeah. international players from different leagues. Um, they are in the league, in the FAW, so one before Liverpool are. So, I mean, that's pretty big if you're the Mersey side. But I'm looking at the FAWSL quickly. Um, so, anyone from 10th to 1st have double-digit points, and then there's Birmingham and Leicester with one point or zero points. It's a massive right. drop-off. That's a huge drop. That's a massive drop-off. But we'll get into our surprises later in the in the, the show. Um NWSL Championship and the playoffs have officially ca- ended. I was going to say commence. No, they're ended. Uh, officially commenced. No, it's over. It finished yesterday. I know it, it was done. I watched the game. I probably should have said commence. <laughs> um, you had something to say about the playoffs. What was that? No, I, I mean, congratulations first and foremost to Washington for, for winning and to Chicago for um being there as well um I was a little disappointed by the game uh, mm. you know it, I didn't find it overly exciting and I think they've had like an interesting season the whole NWSL to begin with um with expansion teams and things like that so I know next year it should be interesting as well yeah more teams is good more teams yeah. yeah um we have a bunch of Canadians who are taking over the thorns which we love to see um you know, in leadership roles over there. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, I was, a, the game was just kind of, meh. I don't think the goals were that great, but I mean, again, congratulations to Washington. I know it's, you know, it's a big, big deal for them. And I have a question. Do you think the, cause this is one of the only leagues that doesn't have like a relegation and promotion system. Mm-hmm. Do you think that hurts the league or helps the league? You know, it was actually okay with the playoffs this year. I yeah. like the format. The issue I have with that, though, is I thought Portland was the best team all year. And then because right. of two goalkeeping gaps, that that derailed their season. Like, it just ended their season poorly. Like, that's my only concern is, like, you see these big teams go through. And I think it's just a North American thing. But how many how many teams are there now? With the two being added, there's 10 right now. Then they're going to add two more. They're going to need, like, another 10 teams to have a, a proper re- relegation right. or something like that. That's that's the only concern I have. Like Washington... You think dip into the, what is it called, the USL? Is there an, a, a women's USL side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I don't see an issue with that. But again, the NWSL, first of all, has to outreach to Canada. Like there needs to yeah, be... Yeah, I agree. I, there needs to be a team... Let's in, make that the first step. Come to I Canada. Think they need, <laughs> I think they need a Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary... Um, hell, get one in the West Coast. Have a Halifax team. I think that'd be really cool. Well, you know what I think is kind of cool? Like I was said just before is we've got a bunch of Canadians now in in leadership roles over at um, Portland. At Portland. You know, maybe they get a little bit of experience under the belt and then come over to like TFC or something and create a women's mm. side, which would be which would be awesome. And, you know, maybe that's the first step and we just don't know it. Or, I agree. Um, but it's great having them at least in leadership roles so that the potential to bring like Canadians or at least a league or a few teams in Canada, you know, could be explored, I think. Well, I think with, with LeBlanc over at Portland, you're right. Like give her two, three years and then, you know, have her communicate with someone like Diana Matheson. Right. Um, Cause I could see 
her leaving a team one day. Um, oh, definitely. Kara Long, um, former player who probably could have had a longer career if it wasn't for her knees. Also, could, yeah, Caroline, thank you. Um, could also be a, a wonderful name. Christine Sinclair at the end of her career. Like, imagine Christine oh, Sinclair cool. and Abby Wambach as the two presidents or something of one club. Like, to me, that that speaks so much volume. Well, and, and we've already talked about it too, but, you know, Canada's Olympic champions now. Like, you can see that the quality is there. The level is there. Yeah. Like, it, it would be nice for Canadians to have somewhere to play and not be always considered, like, international players and things like Agreed. that. So Agreed. It'd be nice to have their own league, yeah. especially for a friend of ours that's overseas and we really want her closer to home. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, back to the game I was a little disappointed as well there was no finishing in the final third it just looked it looked sloppy in my opinion but uh the highlight was you know commentators over exaggerating everything <laughs> like, I think they were trying to bring life to it a little bit maybe it, it was nice like okay so because of twitch you can have people commenting in the games right do right. so you think do you think commentary in sports will move towards platforms like that now because you know, to get fans involved in the game. Like, there was a lot of instances where Kaylin Kyle would be like, uh, this is my MVP. Guys in Twitch, let me know what you think. Um, right. And that was really nice because I had that communication. I know we do it on our show when we have a live show, but, like, does that mean, like, how cool would it be for an EPO match? Like, Liverpool against City, you have a live chat happening. Um, and the commentators are reacting to it. Like, I don't know, like Peter Drury saying... Yeah. You know, folks are like, oh, what do you make of this? And someone goes, ah, oh, VVD sucked there or whatever. Like, it'd be nice to just have a conversation. I agree. I think it's it could be interesting. I think it could also be not a good thing, especially on the women's side, because you get mm. a lot of hate. Um, but I think they're filtering through that. Right. If they're, yeah. if they're able to have, like, something that filters through it or, or, you know, is giving someone's opinion and it's not like a hate comment and something yeah. like that, then it's, then I think it could be really interesting. And like you said, it kind of allows for interaction between like fans and the yeah. commentary crew and the players and things like that. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a, a interesting thought. And I think it's, it's nice that the NWSL is on Twitch because it's accessible and it gets great. more like viewers and stuff like that, which is great, which is what women's football needs. So yeah, yeah I think it could be interesting. Yeah. The final third was very poor, though. I will say that for a championship game, it was quite interesting. But other than yeah, that, yeah, uh, I I agree. I just I'm, but I mean, games sometimes are like that, especially when you've built up the game so much. Like, the, oh, it's the NWSL playoff. Like, it's gonna be a big game, <laughs> big clubs, and it's just like, eh, you know. But the thing was, defensively, both sides were very good. Right. It's just offensively, it's like. There was one situation with the spirit that I was like, okay, you have to score here. It's like a, a two on four, right? But if if the player had, I think it was Rodman, if it was a through ball, like spin and then through ball, I think it would have been a goal. No, no, no. You held it up and then you tried to cross it. It, it was just a weird situation. Maybe not explaining right. it correctly, but it's like that, that instinct in the final third for both sides wasn't very good until maybe extra time when the spirit were like oh they're tired let's use this now well um, and i think like um we see in big championship games or what final games is nobody wants to give anything up right so you almost get into like a stalemate where it's just like we're going to defend as hard as we can and the other team's thinking we're going to defend as hard as we can right mm -hmm. so you end up in these like kind of lull 
games where the, both teams are just defending really well, you know, so you yeah. don't get the like magic in the final third of, of you yeah. know, that you see in like Euros and, and games like that where they're mm. just going for it. You know, I, I find that in the finals, in every league or every tournament, it sometimes this happens where it's just like nobody wants to give away anything, right? Unless you're Barcelona in the UWCL and they just yeah. rampaged over. That was different, but <laughs> no, totally different. Well, like there, there was so much quality there, but I don't like you could have. I don't know. It was just a coaching thing. Maybe it was just, uh, you said it's a finals nerves. It's just not giving stuff away. But after 40 minutes of a game, when you're doing that, I think just try and spread the play out a little bit. For sure. For yeah. sure. And again, that could just be a coaching decision. It could be players nerves. It could be, could be a lot of things. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully next season with more expansion teams and stuff, we'll get a really interesting playoff tournament. Um, hopefully in a really interesting final with two more teams. So kind of maybe what if they split into conferences? That'd be cool. Like the top three. I mean, in each I mean there's to kind of do that. Yeah. So it'd be All right. MWSL, you got a lot of work to do. Uh, <laughs> first figure out your coaches and, and the abuse going on there and then add a team in Canada and then split your conferences. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll make a list. We'll make a list. <laughs> We'll send it over in an email. Um, next topic. I know you can't say anything about this, so I won't ask your opinion on the situation. Just something to, to put out there. Um, Diallo, French footballer Diallo, um, was arrested for for uh, having something to do with uh, Hamraoui being attacked uh, because of her minutes and because of not being able to play and whatever. They're relating it to... Um, What's his name? One of Eric the, Abidal? Yeah. Mm. So See I don't know. Time. I don't know. Very Tanya Harding. Yeah, it was disappointing. And if it is true, from what I'm understanding, it seems like it's true. That's dumb. And, and I don't know if you can say anything about it because you're in the league and um, you got to respect the situation. But I, I just read it and I went, first of all, I thought it was um the men's psg side and i was like wait what who's being arrested i originally thought yeah too, the way that the, men's side. the way that they said it and um but then the fact that it's because i'm getting you're getting more playing time than i am so i the best thing to do is beat you isn't the best thing to do is to to continue playing and then try and show your worth i mean i think the reason why hemrawi is getting a lot well, more i thought she was proven innocent no not maybe not proven innocent but no because well, I mean, the original story that came up was she formally um, denied the accusations. Right, of course. Either way, I think it's become a media show, unfortunately, yeah. um, which it was bound to be. And it, it, if she is innocent, if she's guilty, what, regardless, um, the media have kind of taken it to like new lengths. And yeah. if she is innocent, I feel terrible because, you know, now when you Google her name, that's all that's going to come up, you know? so yeah, there's not like whatever i'm looking for the last story that came out was november 12th that's the athletic they're going to charge me for it um but it was november 12th and it's the the headline is just released without charge as the the probe continues so you know what you're right if it's if it's incorrect and they've just screwed up someone's yeah. career and hamarawi just came back from barcelona this season yeah. to be be in france to be closer to home to to get more opportunities the defense, for, national team yeah mm-hmm. man but very you know, Tanya Harding <laughs> very yeah it was I didn't I didn't expect it to happen I was very 
very no. caught off guard by it. Um, and I think we were going to have a show a couple of days after that whole situation happened, but um, we got busy with it. But yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. No, crazy. All right. You want to tackle the next big story? My favorite story. <laughs> Fan United. <laughs> New coach. Woo! <laughs> How long have you been saying this? Literally since last season. So, yeah. it's like we need a new coach. Also, we need not to have Harry Maguire. That's what we need. <laughs> Did you watch the the game against Watford? So I didn't see the game. We we had a game, and so I checked the score when we got on the bus after. Yeah. And I was like, "What is this? What on earth is this madness?" And I didn't I didn't look at the the OGS stuff yet. I was just looking at the score and. Some girls on my team are, are United fans as well. So we were like, 4-1, what what happened? Like freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, wait, there's talks that they might uh, sack OGS. Like, yes, finally. <laughs> so they were happy about it too, actually. So it's not just me. Which is something I've kind of been like, no, I don't think we should fire him yet. Like maybe keep him a little longer. Like I've probably been one of the minority to say that for a while, but. We haven't won a game we won Tottenham but other than that we haven't won a game like we haven't in the last like eight games you know it's crazy. yeah it's, it's been ridiculous um before I get into United on my level um Watford played a fantastic match um, I didn't see the game so kudos um, to them for beating us it was just Musa Sissoko the former Tottenham player was absolutely running rampant in the midfield like he like Matic and McTominay didn't cover him because they're obviously sitting in front of the defender. So I don't right. get that. Um, and Bruno is not going to track back unless there's pressure. And like, there was just quick passes, quick movements, um, turning Maguire inside out, turning Shaw inside out, turning uh, Basaka inside out. It was just a very, very good 90 minutes from Watford. So let's not take that away from them. But Harry Maguire is an idiot, first of all. Um, the amount of times I think I saw him spin around like, I could have had, like, 12 shots in the first 10 minutes. I, I'm not surprised. Um, just a poor game. But I think this one has to go down on Ollie. Yes, the players are an issue. I think there needs to be huge conversation about where leadership is in that locker room. Who's going to be held accountable? Because you've just lost one of the nicest guys in the league, but nice doesn't cut it. Um, right. Tactically, they were... I didn't. It did not make sense. You bring in... Like, I think the issue with Ali has been, you know, he starts off with his mindset. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to work with. And then you realize it doesn't work for 45 to 50 minutes. So then you bring in Donny van de Beek and then you're like, oh, now the tactics changed. And everyone's like, right. okay, where are we playing now? Because we have not practiced this yet. Right. It just doesn't look like it's very like organized or like, like thought through, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not mad about it. You've no. been saying this for a while. So as soon as there was talk, I was like, yes. <laughs> My biggest question mark now is the next manager that comes in. Are they is the board going to hire based on long-term goals, which was what Ollie was supposed to be hired for? Or are you going to hire a guy like Zidane, for example, who's going to be there for a year, two years, three years max, and then move on? Well, I think they're worried about saving this season. So I think they're hiring, save the season and then figure it out after that, which is what they, which is what they kind of did when OGS took over. He was only supposed to be like a temp and then he did super well in like 
10 games and they're like look here's a massive contract and you're like um okay and contract ends and they stumbled so the high the honeymoon period ended very quickly after that but right so i think they're gonna try and save the season which i don't agree with like i think they need to have more of a long-term coach like like you're talking about hire somebody who's gonna invest and stay and and build the club or build the team or whatever versus a temp just to get through the season maybe the next two seasons you know Mm, that's my biggest worry I mean Oli was supposed to be the guy to build that for you but at the same time Pochettino was available right when that whole situation happened so I blame the board and I'm going to keep blaming the board because I think it's their stupidity. And whenever Woodward says he's not a part of it, he's a part of the situation. Who do you think they're going to bring in for now? That's the question. I don't know anymore because again, what's the vision of this club? Right. Is, are you, you have Ronaldo for another year. You have Pogba for another six months. Lingard for another six months what are you doing with these players what's the goal with this is this okay let's do let's put a band-aid on it and fix the situation so that band-aid fixes Michael Carrick and Darren Fletcher are going to be assistant coaches or coaches for the next little bit until they find that replacement but yeah it's the it's the thing you want five trophies now or do you want you know 15 trophies in the next six years right like, that's the biggest question right. um, if I if I could do it, I'd ask Sir Alex Ferguson to come back for the rest of the season. Bingo! I'd be like, he knows how to win. Yeah. I don't expect the trophy from him. I just expect the top four to finish by the end of it. I don't care what happens in the Champions League now. I don't care what happens in the but, FA Cup. Come on. He's not coming back anytime soon. But but the, if you're looking for a short-term replacement that has the experience, that will get the respect from Ronaldo, that will get the respect from Bruno, oh, that will get... Every single player is going to – David yeah. De Gea will be like – I think he should be captain. Just put that out there. But De Gea? Yeah. I think give him the armband, take it away from Maguire, and just let everyone in front have a good time. Play. And don't worry about who your leadership is because, you know what, there's the guy yelling at you from the back. But anyway. You know what? I will say De Gea has been awful, the past, like maybe, you know, for the last couple of seasons, but he has been good this season. He had one bad year, and that was last year. He's been United's best player for the last 10 years which is I agree and but people don't remember you remember you by all the good seasons you have they just remember the one bad season you had you know yeah and that's why Henderson isn't playing this year but I think Fergie should be the guy that they bring in whether 70 plus year old Fergie wants to go through traveling in another season probably not um but Fergie never left <laughs> it'll go downhill after um, that another name that I'm going to toss out there is Mike Mike Thielen is it Mike Feeling, right? Mike, let me just double check his name. Um, yeah, he's the current assistant uh, manager at United. I don't understand why you're not giving him the team for the rest of the season versus Michael Carrick or, or Darren Fletcher. I think it just shows the lack of confidence. And, you know, they've, again, there's this trend going around where everybody's hiring former players to, to take the clubs and they've all been former players of this club right? you want a former player go get Roy Keane he's coached more than half of your entire club well that's what I mean like I don't know I don't get the whole oh just because you were a player now you're probably the most fantastic coach in the world it's a completely different thing like go go learn how to coach go do those things go win some trophies and then coach United and then coach uh West Hammer or Everton or whoever but 
go coach Rangers like Gerard did for a couple of years and then come back and tell me you can do something. Yeah, exactly. Because now now he has a successful program that he's built. You know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, a winning program. And you can say, look what I did over at Rangers, for example, and maybe a not not as competitive league. Mm. And then come to a, you know, medium or middle table, bottom table uh, Premier League team. Yep. build the team and then you can be like look what i did with this team and then you take a united or a mm. liverpool or a you know arsenal okay, i have a i have a trivia question for you okay oh. brennan rogers and steven gerrard have both coached in the in this in the scottish league right what's one other oh. manager that has coached there and been successful in england Sir Alex Ferguson. So maybe that's the trend. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has been successful, knock on wood, struggling this season, right? FA Cup, Community Shield. Fergie did what he did. Fingers crossed for Gerard to actually win something. Um, I would love to see it because he he's been successful at Rangers. He yeah. he's had a great few. But maybe that's them. maybe that's the tract is not the English league right away, but maybe the, the Scottish league, understanding the culture in, in the UK with, or, or that area of, of Europe of soccer and what it means for footy, what it means to the people. And then the yelling and the screaming and then kind of transitioning. I think that's a very soft transition. I think it's a good parallel transition. I think it's a good step, but you see all these players not taking that step. Like even Xavi over at Barca, where was he before that? In the Middle East, Saudi. That's not Barca. No, but There's I think no with middle ground. I think with with Xavi though, is he knows the culture better than for most sure. of the players. Sure. Like, like I think Lampard was successful in his first year because he understood the task at hand. It's when I think coaches are given more than they they know they they can handle. Like Oli getting you know three very good players and not knowing what to do with them. Yeah. Um, but who do you, who would you like to see as a as the next manager of Manchester United? I don't know. I mean, we were talking about it last night. We're all like, Zidane, Zidane would be great. But I think it's a temp option. I don't think it's a permanent option. Um, so I don't know who they're going to take permanently. I, what about you? Who would be your pick? I mean, I did say Fergie, but if I'm going to be realistic, uh, where's I'm trying to figure out this guy's name? That is not the right person. I'm trying to find the German coach over at um, Southampton, Ralph. Um, Ralph, who's in, who's in something? Hassan. Um, anyway, so Southampton's manager, uh, German, German coach, uh, plays very much similar to, to Klopp and Tuchel. So if you're going down the German route, that would be quite interesting. Ralph, who's in Hudel? Um, and hoodles. <laughs> he enjoys attacking football. They've they've been okay this season. They're thirteenth, but you know what? He's been consistent with them in the last couple of years. Um, another name I tossed there is the Ajax manager uh, tag. Um, if you want to rebuild again, long term, if you're looking for a long term solution, well, and there you I go. think it's good to have someone else come in and just shake them up a little. You know, like but you, if you're gonna do like, that, then you got to bring in. People are too comfortable. Like Maguire is so comfortable. He knows he's going to play every single minute of every single game. Like, yeah. And that's I would bench him. A new mm-hmm. coach needs to come in and, and set a, a precedent and bench him. Maybe don't play, don't play Jones, but like Bailly, 
should get a start. Varan and Bayushin might be your next. Um, yeah, but they, they just need something to like, just get them going, like get them fired up again, you know, because it's looking like really like, oh, we don't want to be here on game day or we like, yeah. like, oh, I know I'm going to play, so I don't have to make the efforts, you know. Clearly, you got to make the effort. Um, Ralph Ragna, Ragnanik, another former RB Leipzig manager. Uh, oh, sorry, Ralph Lafhusenthal is Austrian. Sorry, didn't, didn't mean to say German. He's Austrian. And then uh, Ralph Ragnarik is um, German. So two former German coaches. I don't know. Like, maybe look at it from there. Like, if that's what you're trying to build. I don't have an well, issue. I'm sure we'll get a short list of coaches soon that are actually being considered. And I'm sure it'll be temp stuff for now. But... Yeah, they're, they're looking at Zidane. They want to win. And yeah. They probably won't win the Premier League this year because look at the class between Liverpool and City. But that's what I mean. I think they're just going to try and save the season and then go from there. So. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, any other final thoughts on, on OGS? No, I'm just finally. Uh, I think he deserves a little bit better. So I hope he gets back into the coaching realm. Why doesn't he just go back to Scotland? I think he was a bad coach. I don't. I just think it's not, it hasn't been working. That's all. No, I think when you run the, the end of your, your project, it kind of dwindles down. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he'll be very successful at another club and. Well, I think he needs to fix, figure out his tactics. Like he has to be able to go into a game and be able to change his tactics midstream and not just hope for the best. I mean, maybe take a step back, go to, like we said, the Scottish league or. Go be an assistant coach somewhere. Probably should have started as an assistant coach at United. That I would have been okay with. Um, All right. We'll see. But I think he'll have a successful career as a coach and people love him. Like I'm sure he's a fantastic human being. So he got um, fired and was waving at people today and taking on. I know. And thanking them. So. He's a true United player. Like, yes. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk surprises um, in both the men's and women's leagues for the off bench. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's producer Jake here from Benning House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and, of course, picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials, at Betting House Pod, where you can catch all our bets each week, as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. All right, we're back with our off the bench segment. So, should we start with the women's leagues? I think so. Um, any major surprises or the biggest surprise for you in any of the women's divisions here? Um, I think you're gonna take them, so I'll let you have this team. Um, I've been surprised with the disparity and I mentioned at the top of the, the page was a uh, show, sorry, that's, you know, 10th place Aston Villa has 10 points and then 11th place Birmingham has one and Leicester has none. Like I'm, I'm perplexed at the, like that difference between let's three wins. Like you, I think you're going to see some big changes in, um, the, the transfer window in January. Because these teams are not going to want to give up that easy, so. Well, I hope not, because you get relegated and. Lose a lot of money when you, you get relegated. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and a quick little shout out to Arsenal for having a hell of a year. They they look so good, so yep. good. But yeah, who's your who's your biggest surprise in the FAWSL? Um, for me, it's Man City. I think with the quality they have on that team, I need our own Canadian Jeanine Becky is there. 
Um, you know, that we know they have some fantastic players. They signed, um, they've got uh, um, some of the best players in England and mm. some of the best players around the world. Um, so I'm very surprised. They're sitting in seventh right now. They were ninth before. So I think they just want to get Well, they won their first game at home all season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very surprised. I hope that they can turn it around um, mm. because they looked so stacked coming into the season. Mm, like I would have picked, picked them out to be winning the, the, um, the title for the season. But How much of it do you think has to do with Lucy Bronze not being around? I think she, I think that could play a major part of it. I think she's a, a leadership role and I, I think she, um, I don't know her personally, obviously, but I think from what I hear and, and have seen, you know, she's one of those people that you need on the team, you need in the locker room, um, a big leader, things like that. So also a fantastic player, right? So I'm yeah. sure that that's hurting them a lot, not just on the field, but also off the field. So it's, we'll it's throwing me off. Uh, I think he's, I think she's in, I think she's a cog on this team. They, they seem a little For lost. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, let's move over to the, the Freyan Bundesliga, the women's Bundesliga. Any surprises out of there? Um, let me pull up the, the thing right now. Yeah. It's a Wolfsburg, Bayern, Eintracht, Frankfurt, and Hoffenheim are your top four teams with Potsdam. You know who I'm pleasantly surprised with? Not at their standings, but just in general, watching them play in Champions League and stuff is Hoffenheim. Actually, they got destroyed midweek. Yeah, but, but I think their run has been very good because mm. they're they're a team in the German League that doesn't have national team players. They We played against them in preseason. Um, yeah. We had a little preseason tournament and we played against them and they were very well organized. They're very well coached. Mm. Um they have, like I said, they don't have these big name players, but they're still a very successful side. So I was super impressed um, with them in the in the league or in in general. So yeah. I'm not surprised they're in fourth right now. Um, I'm surprised Frankfurt's in third though, because we also played them, and I thought Hoffenheim was a much better team than Frankfurt. Yeah. Do you think it's because they're spread thin with the Champions League that they're? Enforced? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they're facing injuries. I'm sure they're facing burnout. I'm sure they're facing um, just exhaustion in general. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised, you know, Wolf, Wolfsburg and Bayern up at the top. You know, we, yeah. again, we played against Wolfsburg. Fantastic team, so. And Bayern um, just beat Lyon. Yeah, Bayern just beat Lyon. German League is good. Um, any surprises for you here? Uh, I think you covered it really well. Yeah, like Hoffenheim's been a very nice team struggling in the Champions League and I think that that kind of comes down to uh, a thinner squad compared to everyone else or like rotation is something that they haven't really experienced just yet but uh, Frankfurt in third was quite surprising but I like how the top five teams in the German League are very much well within each other so like one yeah, slip up and, and you have like Potsdam could be first in a week or something well yeah I mean they're they've got what 19 points and Wolfsburg has 22 points that's yeah. what a win yeah, it's a like, win. Yeah. The next two games, you could have a new leader. Exactly. Right. Uh, let's shimmy over to the the French to the French side. Um, I'll let you tackle this one. My biggest surprise actually has been Bordeaux this year. Um, I don't know if I'm not going to let you comment or whatever. Whatever you want to do, you can comment if you don't want to. That's fine. But I, I've been very surprised with, with Bordeaux this year. Um, with the national team players that you have with one of the best defenders in the world page um, that you have on your team 
Um, <laughs> we're going to hype you up as much as I can on this show. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> but, you know, like, losing against clubs that I think you guys should be winning games against is, is, is putting a massive question mark in my head going, like, I'm scratching my head on it. Um, definitely should be a- I, you know I'm there in training every day I know I know the girls are working hard sometimes there was a coaching change at the beginning of the season and it takes a while to to adjust and adapt and I think you know now having some games under our belt and things like that I, I think the second half of the season is going to be a different look for the team and you know I, I hope it, it, it's still possible to get that third place um, yeah. it's not quite out of reach yet it's going to be a fight um but like i said it's not out of reach anything is possible no i mean i mean obviously you think Lyon, psg bordeaux in the league last couple years and it's just like you have paris and third flurry 91 and fourth like what is going on there that sounds like a wonderful story for the year um montpellier canadians over there too mary lavasseur just got called into the national team Mm. um, which is great for her i think that's fantastic um We've got another Canadian over there too. That's Miranda, who they they haven't been playing, but I know she just got over there, so I'm sure she'll work her way into the squad. Yeah, because um, she came in a little bit late, so, yeah. um, you know, yeah. Um, but I guess the another surprise, if you don't mind me saying, is okay. Lyon absolutely thrashing PSG when they met in the league. I was so I watched that game and I had picked PSG to win, and I was very very surprised. Unfortunately, me. our own Canadian got a red card in that game um yeah and I think that that really hurt them she's a big time player over there but I mean they were already down 2-0 at that point so uh, well the fact that um, defensively in my opinion Hagerberg comes on and scores two goals that's that's very nice for her I'm so happy she's back oh she just brings joy to my heart (laughs) but uh this was uh this game was on the 14th of November. So I think this is surrounding the whole Diallo Hamrawi story. So I'm going to give PSG a pass on it. Yeah. I, I think the club's a little shaken up. I think they're trying to figure out that situation, trying to protect their players. You know, I'm sure the girls are also shaken up because yeah. we talk about this with the Ericsson situation, you know, that's your friend, that's your teammate. That's somebody you spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to see someone go through any situation like that. So I'm sure the girls are, are shaken up as well. So yeah. I'm sure that had something to do with it too, but I was expecting a tighter game for sure. Yeah. But uh, Van de Donk, former Arsenal player, has matched her total goals from last year. fantastic this season. In eight games. Like, great, great, great little player over at uh, at Lyon. But yeah. Should we move over to Syria? Yeah. What's going on there? Why don't you start us off? Um, I think the biggest surprise for me is Sosolo being in second place, um, which is fantastic for them. I have a friend who I played with last season. She's over there and she's loving it. Um, but when, when I played in Italy, they were like a, they were a good team, really good team, but like mm-hmm. middle of the table team, especially, you know, you got big hitters like Roma, AC Milan, um, Fiorentina, who was doing when I was there was like fighting for first place at the, at the time. Right. So, mm-hmm. and they're down in eighth right now. So I'm super happy to see Sosolo up in second place. I hope that gives them like a Champions League bid, which would be fantastic um, mm-hmm. and good exposure for the league as well to have a, a new face in there. Um, yeah. I Full credit, actually. I'll, I'll hop on the, the Sosolo train there. 
they've done well on the men's side and they're doing well on the women's side. I think they're investing smartly. They're bringing in younger players. They look like they, they want to be competitive. And I mean, we're, you know, not fully through the season yet, but you know, a top four finish to me seems like a win. For sure. I agree. I think it's great. Like I said, I have a friend over there, so I know she's loving the environment there. And um, I think that it plays a major role into how successful a team does is how happy your players are at your club. Right. So. Yeah. Juve is nine Oh and so good for them. <laughs> not surprised. They're also doing well in champions league right now. So they, are. they look a little bit more complete than they did last year. And that's, I agree. Something. Well, when I, I was watching the game the other day and, I was like, oh, I'm not sure because last season they didn't do well. Not well, but they, you know, they weren't as strong as I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, this season, I think they look good. Like you said, they look a little bit more complete and, um, you know, they're scoring good goals. And they're like the, the what was it? Who did I watch them play? Wolfsburg? Yeah, so they drew against Wolfsburg and then beat Yeah, them. that was an exciting game. Yeah. Super exciting game. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm interested to see how how far they'll do. I think they'll hurt. They'll not hurt. I think they'll struggle against maybe bigger sides like Lyon or Bayern and things like that. But the um, Wolfsburg's Wolfsburg's a good side too. But yeah. I just think, um, you know, well, I guess I mean Wolfsburg's head of the the league with Bayern in there too. But I just think um, they may struggle a little bit more against those sides. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Any other women's leagues or we can move on to oh, we can switch over to the men's side. I think we covered the main sure. surprises. Where do you want to start? You want to start uh, La Liga? Oh, we didn't do the, the, the Spanish League for the women's. All right, let's, let's backtrack. Let's do Spanish League. Yeah, Spanish League. Primera Division Feminine. I hope I said that right. See your dad's in second. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona. Well, Real Madrid's in tenth. That I'm very surprised by. I did know that. Uh, am I in the wrong league table? Oh, am I on the wrong league table? Oh no, I have the updated one. Home place. You have the updated one. Where yeah, are they? Barcelona first. Where is Real sitting? Oh no, no, no! This is last season. You are right. Yeah, because I was gonna say Real's in tenth. Or I knew they were middle of the table, which really surprised me because, you know, it's generally a big club. So does it make sense? It's, I, I've been using the same website for every league, and apparently not this one. Okay, <laughs> okay, I have the right one. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um. Yes, Real Madrid sitting in tenth is quite surprising. I agree with you, especially after they their Champions League has been good. Yeah. Uh, their last game was not so good. No. No, they didn't. Defensively, they didn't look great. Oh, I have to pay for this. All right. Well, that's all I'm going to say. That's, for me, that's the biggest surprise in that league anyways. Yeah, well, Barcelona. Barcelona. My word. 11-0, so. Like, so the closest team in terms of goals against is Levante, and they've allowed nine versus Barcelona's three. That's ridiculous. 65 goal differential. Yeah, because Barca just goes in and rips teams up like 10-0. So. so not only have they ripped teams in their own league, they're like slapping teams in the Champions League. It's Barca. All right, with that note, 
um jenny hermoso is the best let's move on <laughs> to love La, you jenny uh la liga real madrid oh, it's the men's side now? yeah the men's side uh real madrid i don't think i saw them being first at all to start the season i thought they'd struggle with an aging midfield not having david alaba not having um Sergio Ramos in the back, but but then I forget Carlo Ancelotti comes in. You're like, all right, maybe maybe I was over exaggerating the fact that they wouldn't be in first, but a little surprised with them in first. Sevilla in second, and Sociedad in third. No Barcelona in the top three. No Atletico Madrid in the top three. They're sixth place right now. But are you surprised after I'm Barcelona being in sixth doesn't surprise me with all the issues that they had going Mm. into the season. You know. But still on paper, they're significantly better in terms of resources than Sevilla or Sociedad. You could be significantly better, but it's again the environment, (laughs) coaching, it's the um, how the club treats the players. Even though you you have all the resources in the world and some of the best players in the world, if the puzzle pieces don't fit, you're never going to know what the picture is. You know. Via Real, sorry, in, in 12th is also a bit of a, a, a surprise, and that's probably yeah. why when they beat I, United, you're like, oh, they must be doing well in the Spanish League, and then you realize they're not. Um, and um, Unai Emery's been linked or was linked to Newcastle, and I'm, mm-hmm. I guess he didn't want another relegation battle in his hands. I don't know. Um, but them sitting in 12th is, is a bit of a head-scratcher, in my opinion. I think the second half of these seasons are going to be really interesting. I think okay. a lot of clubs are going to be making big moves on the men's and the women's side during Christmas break, yeah. like during the transfer window in January. Yeah, agreed. Uh, any surprise? Anyone else in the in La Liga? No, not really. I mean, okay, we kind of touched upon all the teams. Syria A has been very, very entertaining. I think it's been one of the better leagues this season. Um, any surprises for you? Napoli in first like they were undefeated for such a long stretch that was quite yeah quite interesting um Milan losing they their first game of this... this season mm. 10 wins two draws and zero losses no uh Napoli yeah am I Napoli? on the women's oh no no you're right Napoli well right now they're down 2-1 against Inter so that would be their first loss this so that season. would be their technically their first loss but at, at, up until this point they've had no losses because yeah, Milan lost their first game yesterday yeah. Um, in a very entertaining match against Fiorentina. Uh, but it, it, it's interesting. Like, Juve's sitting in seventh, um, but they've been so good in the Champions League this year. So that's been a little bit of a surprise there. But I guess Napoli in first. Yeah, Napoli in first. And the funny thing about Napoli is, and I think every championship or, like, champion side is like this, is you don't have to necessarily be the best team in the game and you still come out with a win. And Napoli's yeah. done that maybe six or seven games this season. Again, I preach this. It's it's environment. It's treatment yeah. of players. It's coaching. It's how good your players feel. That's why we saw, like, not to bring it back to the EPL, but like the season that um, Leicester won. Mm. You don't have your best players ever, but you have good coaching. You have dedication. You have good training sessions. You have a club that's, caring for their players, things like that. So mm. I bet you that's, I'm guessing, I don't know the ins and outs, obviously. That's probably what Napoli is facing right now. It's a good environment. It's a good, you know, you get into this um, 
rhythm, you get this momentum and then you just roll with it, you know? It also helps not having Ganyer Gattuso as your manager, who's like volatile as hell. Um, but yeah, okay. Pick an next league. The yeah, league so. uh? League uh, who's you're closest to this league. Uh, who surprised you? Um, right now, Lille's is surprising me being in 12, considering they had a fantastic season the season before. Mm. Um, hey, but Jonathan David's leading the league in goals or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm surprised a little bit. At, I mean, Marseille and Nice are doing really well on the men's side too, which is a little bit, I mean, it's good. Mm. But I've watched Marseille fans are nuts. Yeah. Like those games are wild. Oh, uh, yeah. Did not enjoy the PSG Marseille game at all. I was like, no. I'm afraid of not even being at the stadium. Like what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, any surprises Le- here for you uh leon in 10th like you you always associate them to be a top four team yeah not so good this year but again psg walking away with uh i wonder who's their loss against by the way they're 12 one and one psg who, yeah who beat them this year oh mm-hmm. Rens did that's right me. i went to the bordeaux Rens game and we Bordeaux won three two, mm. so I'm surprised that I mean, but every club can have a good week and mm. you know. And that might have been the game that Messi didn't play the full game as well. Not that he's your savior or anything, but he helps. It helps having him there. <laughs> it does. Uh, okay, Bundesliga. We have Bayern and Dortmund in first and second. Not really surprised there. No, uh, Dortmund without Erling Haaland though has been quite, quite the story. Yeah, true. But I mean, they're still in second. Yeah, uh, Frankfurt not in a top six position, top five position. Little surprise there, but they did sell Silva in the off season, so yeah, maybe shouldn't be that surprised. Um, RB Leipzig, I didn't, I didn't consider them a, a contender this year, but they're two points behind. Sixth place, Wolfsburg. Yeah. I mean, the bottom five, six, and seven are quite close. And eight, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess the middle half of the table is pretty close. I mean, the bottom, they only have one point. And the top has 28. Byron has 28. So. Oh, my word. Like, how, how insane is that, though? Like, 17th and 18th. It's like an eight-point difference. Yeah, like, there's no... How are you going to catch them at that point? Like... Unless you played your your whole first half of the season's Bayern, Dortmund, RB Leipzig, Wolfsburg. You know what I mean? Let's see their, let's see their schedule. Nope. They played Mönchengladbach. They played Frankfurt. They've played Freiburg. They played Bolkham. They haven't played Bayern. They haven't played a big-named club except for Bayern in September. So I'm going to say there's probably no coming back from that. And now they have Hoffenheim, Leverkusen, Berlin, and Dortmund the next four games. Those are going to be big, big games, so. Aye. Uh, all power to first. Good luck, guys. We're cheering. <laughs> you, got, you got this. <laughs> Imagine they win their next four games and we're like. We're like. Well you done. Shut us up real quick. <laughs> um, Byron losing their first game of this, uh, second game of the season against Augsburg, which is quite something yeah it's a bit of a surprise um but yeah not not 
uh, one and two haven't been surprising. Everyone else just find a spot at the end of the season, right? Yeah. Um, you tackle EPL. The difference between Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. Just the playing. And I know Liverpool lost to West Ham, so maybe I'll put them in that middle spot. But those three well, teams are just... fourth, so... But you look at, like, just the playing and, like, the energy and the way the players want to play for their manager, that is what you want for any other club in the league. No? Like, am I, am I off with that? Do you have any, any major surprises right now in the standings? Leeds in 17th. Yeah. That makes me sad because they're such a fun side, and I don't want them relegated, so. No, I don't either. They've been fun. Um, I'm a little surprised at Tottenham, too. They haven't had a great season. But the funny part was they were 5-0-5 under Nuno. Um, so, like, five wins out of ten games. Like, that's not a bad – not bad per se but I, I think another manager you talk about managers not figuring it out with their players Nuno was one of them like he comes from a different setup at Wolves from what he had with the players and now he has to play 4-3-3 Harry Kane was playing left wing you're like that doesn't make any sense to me so I mean <laughs> all these managers were fired before Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was so that's that was maybe the the big turning point but yeah Sure. Uh, Wolves have turned around their season. Arsenal have turned around their season. Yeah. Uh, who's been your surprise? Mm, well, Tottenham has been a surprise for me. Mm. Newcastle, I'm a little disappointed in being in last place right now. I mean... That environment that you, you've mentioned a few times, yeah. they, they create a shitty one for um, Steve Bruce. Like, they yeah. already set him up to fail when the season started. I agree. So I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. I think I'm more just like disappointed, you know. Mm. No wins this season, though. It's, yeah. It's a huge task for Eddie Howe. Like, at what point do Newcastle get out of this and then spend money on the, on, on players? Well, okay. I mean, the last three teams, they have nine points, eight points, and six points. So it's And then the Leeds has 12 points. So it's not a far stretch. And then every other team above that, like the next three teams have 13 points, then 14 points, then 15 points. Like it's not that It's well up. within reach for for teams, but if you're not winning any games this season, like that's my biggest question. Mark. You're, 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 their points are from draws, six draws. Well, you're not going to get out of the relegation zone by tying games. So I mean, I guess if you tie games with everyone around you, leaves you with a better opportunity to try and win the yeah, next game. Yeah, but those teams are still going to pick up points somewhere else. Yeah. So... Can be interesting. Um, West Ham in fourth. Are they the story of the Premier League so far? The first half of the season, I'd say so. Mm. They like David Moyes out there, which is yeah. something we can't say at United. No, we hated him at United. <laughs> I don't know. United fans gave him no chance. They gave it was like four months. Like, nope, we don't want him. He's out. Well, they gave Oli longer than Mourinho, Van Hall, and Moyes. Yep. Which I get, he's a legend. Sure, but... But a manager with, with experience with Cardiff. Versus David Moyes, who took Everton to what they did. Right. Or Van Hall, who's like one of the best coaches of all time. Or one of them, maybe. And Mourinho too, but Mourinho's pissing me off right now, so maybe not. It's never good enough for United fans. 
I think they were. I think they were so used to Fergie, but you got to get past that. That's that's yeah. not a thing where managers are going to be there for twenty plus years. There's no more Arsene Wenger's or Ferguson in the game anymore. Maybe Pep Guardiola might be the, and Klopp might be the two managers I can see yeah. being at their club for six, seven, eight, ten years. But not the same. It's not the same. Uh, are we forgetting a league? Other than like MLS and stuff, I don't think so. I have. Let's pull up the MLS table. The season ended. Did it not? Uh, nope. Nope, the season did not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> They're in playoff mode right now. They have two conferences. Oh, my God. They have so many teams in the MLS. See, this is a league that should have a relegation. There if are, what, 20? 14 plus 13. There's 27 teams. Holy cow. We don't cover MLS very often, but I didn't know there was 27 teams in the league. Why don't they have like 14 in the first league and then 13 in the second league and make relegation and promotion? Yeah, I think what they need to do is look at the last five years of success within these teams and everyone else that hasn't been well down and you keep the best 14. That would keep it competitive. Like and they added teams because I remember when they added Inter Miami, which is what Beckham's team. I think so. Yeah, Inter Miami, Cincinnati's a recent team. Nashville's more recent. Chicago um, too, I think. Minnesota, Chicago. I feel like Chicago's Chicago. been there for a while. Okay. Austin's a newer team. <laughs> the three Texas teams are 11, 12, and thirteen. Yeah, I in saw the Western that. That's funny. Dallas, Austin, and Houston. Are they still called Dynamo? Yes, they're still the Dynamo. Dynamo and the Dash. Are they affiliated at all? Yeah, they're together. Oh, they are good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, same thing with Orlando City and the Pride. Yeah, I knew the Pride was affiliated yeah. on the men's and women's. But... That's pretty good. Uh, Very which interesting. Very Yeah, interesting. but I, I would fight for a relegation thing. There's enough teams in it, enough there are expansions. more than enough teams to do a relegation. Like right now, I'd be like, okay, so Red Bull, so in the East, New England to Red Bull, so that's seven teams, plus uh, Colorado to Real Salt Lake. That's seven teams. There you go. That's 14 teams. Everyone else down. I don't yeah. care. Let's have some fun with it. But That's what I would do too. The matches are, I think there's, there's eight, uh, four games left. So today and then Tuesday, and then you start the conference semifinals. So uh, maybe we'll reach out to, to Brady or, or, have, or everyone just go follow Brady Reed. He covers us really well in Waking the Red. Um, we can do that and let's get Nick a little happy and just look a little bit into the CPL forum. Uh, <laughs> he's always yeah. talking to me about the CPL. Um, CPL. Yeah, we are in the semifinals today. Today, semifinals. Sorry, listeners, we're late on this, but it's the Forge and York United at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. I'm not surprised that it's Forge. I've heard a lot about Forge. They've been the best team in the league for God knows how long, yeah. And York uh, is always good. York after the rebrand, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, So Pacific will play the winner of Forge and York United. If you look at the table quickly, Forge and Calvary and Pacific were your best teams all season, and then a massive drop-off between Maybe they're going to add teams, because there's only eight teams in the league right now. Well, they added Ottawa. Yeah. um, Which is probably the most recent team, so... I think because the league is super young and they could be a feeder team or a feeder league to 
uh, the MLS. That would be really interesting. Uh, but yeah, they'll probably add teams as the league gets more more visibility, uh, more off uh, opportunities, not just on CPC or one one soccer, I believe, or something yeah, like that. Just to expand them a little bit more, get them more on TSN, get them more on Sportsnet. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the the semifinals are today, so we're missing out on North America ourselves. But take a look and enjoy. Go watch them. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's actually take one more break. When we come back, we'll do uh, we'll do final thoughts. Sounds good. What up, guys? It's your host Nick McVicker, and if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you've come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday right here on Garage Door Sports. Well, that does it for today. Any final thoughts before we sign off? A longer episode, but it, it's glad to, to be in your company. With well, we haven't been here for a while, so we owed the people a longer episode. We owe ourselves a longer episode. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots to talk about. There's a lot of soccer stuff going on, so it's good. Yeah. But um, any final thoughts for you? I asked you the question first. Okay, my final thoughts... <laughs> are make sure you're being good because Santa's gonna come soon so get on the (laughs) list (laughs) what I was not expecting that at all it's Christmas season oh I'm okay so I was in Paris a couple weekends ago and we went to Mm -hmm. Disneyland Paris and we wanted to go then because it was the start of the Christmas season Mm. I am in quite the Christmas mood there was Christmas parades and Christmas music all throughout the village and do they play Michael Buble Christmas music don't that'll be my one complaint I'll write it but um yes so make sure you're you're being nice so you get on the nice list for Santa yeah that's what we want right yes any final thoughts for you um so you know how i've been drinking a lot of lemon pound cake tea from david's tea went on yes yeah so i decided to make lemon pound cake a couple weeks ago um very nice very intense um very lemony of course uh uh but did you drink it with your lemon pound tea cake no lemon pound cake tea (laughs) yeah nope nope i figured that'd be way too much lemon too much of a lemon yeah your mouth would be acid at that point well like yeah very much so like to the point where like you probably get a little bump in your mouth i was like i don't think i'm gonna push it with the acidity but um turned out very well very tasty uh i did not add the the icing sugar melted mix thing on the top because i was like that's just gonna kill it with i sugar. never add when i make pound cake i never add the uh like icing on the top no i was trying to mimic i really wanted uh, starbucks lemon pound cake that day but i refused to pay 12 dollars for a piece whatever of it is yeah um so I, I was like you know what it won't take long i bought sour cream anyways to make uh, banana bread so you just toss it into the lemon pound cake and it turned out really well you put sour cream in your banana bread yeah it, uh, it actually gives it the cakey feel yeah i've never done that before 
Yeah. Yeah. I realized that uh, I've tried recipes without sour cream and I've ended up throwing some of them out because it just burns out or it doesn't cook properly or it's just for some reason the sour cream really adds to the flavor. So I've never cooked with sour cream before actually. I don't think yeah. I've ever put it into a cake. No, I recommend yeah. it. Sometimes I use Greek yogurt, which I mean basically is the same thing. Like um Oh yeah. It tastes the same as sour cream, but interesting. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, do it. Uh, but do fat free. I've noticed that um when I use like with fat versus fat free, it changes changes the the texture of the, the Oh, batter. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It like I I use uh I think fourteen percent fat or something in the first batch and I ended up throwing it out because it didn't cook. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna try that. There you go. We're giving you cooking tips or baking tips, yeah. but um, if you know any recipes that you'd like us to try, I, I'm like, I've been trying bread recipes the last couple of weeks. Like, oh, bread is so good. My mom makes bread at home all the time, and I love the smell of the like, yeah. ah, the yeast and stuff. It's great. I agree. Now I want to go make bread after this episode. I might just go make some nice um, warm bread with some butter, homemade bread. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been trying to find the right recipe, and I think I found one, and kudos to my old manager who sent it to me but i, I apparently have a lot of free time on my hands so i was telling the page <laughs> off the, off you the show you have enough time to make an episode but you have enough time to, to cook lemon pound cake and breads <laughs> okay so but while i was preparing for my for my presentations and, and the, the paper and everything the defense um i was like i need to do something that isn't staring at a screen for two hours I and, totally understand. And I just was like experimenting with different slow cooker recipes or baking yeah. or cakes and to the point well, where I do I'm, that here too. Like if I have time, I'll bake something because it's like, oh, something else to do. And you don't yeah, you're not staring at a screen. You don't have to think about it. You just cook it. You can play some music or do whatever. Yeah. And it's a fun little activity. Like if you, if you have roommates or whatever, excuse me, yeah. you can just tell them, Hey, come up. Like I got my sister the other day to come up, up like, here's the recipe. I'll tell you what to put in it. Just stir away. Cause we don't have a hand mixer. So but, yeah. Send me recipes. Cause uh, apparently I'm going to have a lot of free time. Yeah. That's our new thing. We'll put it on our Instagram. So some recipes, which yes. are probably next. <laughs> Let's do it. It's a new we'll segment. You know, it's not like uh, what's the tea segment that you had with, uh, with the other, the other group yeah no it's the what should earth bake next yeah okay that's it we're gonna come up with the visual for that one right page you're in charge of that <laughs> Sounds great. um so be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a like or leave a rating it's super important and it helps us a lot so please do that um you can also follow us on twitter at touchline th you can follow myself at culver underscore page and you can follow Irfan at Irfan Manji. Don't forget to follow our network uh, or check out garagedoorsports.com as well as uh, J&J Creations if you're looking to get something done. Some really cool little things the last couple of weeks. Go check them out. Oh, last point. I'm super excited to come home for Christmas because I get my sweater from J&J Creations. And then we'll wear it together finally. Yeah, we're going to do that. We'll post about it on our Instagram. When are you coming um, home? Sorry, interjecting here. Not sure yet. I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next match day. Cheers.